The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. year again, ladies and gents, when ghosts, goblins, ghouls, and various breeds of otherworldly miscreants run amok. For every man, woman, and child roaming about town seeking sweet treats, there lies in wait someone or something far more sinister ready to deliver some not-so-sweet tricks. Good evening. I'm the ghost of Vincent Price, and I hope you're ready for a makeover, because by the end of the story you're about to hear... The hairs on your head will turn burn white. Our tale begins in the quaint little town of Irvine, California, where a young man named Paxton sets out for a day at the beach. However, his plans for a relaxing siesta in the sun quickly devolve into the stuff of nightmares. Okay, let's see. I got my swim trunks, towel, flip-flops, phone, wallet, keys, and harpoon gun. Great. All set to go. Wait. Oh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I did forget something. Hey. Hey, buddy, you in here? Glenn? Paxton? Please tell me it's feeding time already. I, I'm so hungry. Don't be a pig, Glenn. I gave you a whole can of herring yesterday. Now, come on. Uncuff yourself from the radiator. We're going to the beach. The beach? Really? I haven't seen sunlight in ten months. My treat, buddy. Oh, th thank you, Paxton. Thank you. C can I have my phone then? Just so I can let my family know I'm okay? Oh, pal, you know I would, but <laughs> I don't remember where I left the thing, and I, I told the guys we'd be there in ten minutes, so... Oh, uh, okay. Uh, may maybe when we get back? <laughs> yeah, maybe, man. I don't know. Come on, let's go. Here we are, Glenn. Marmota Beach. Never heard of this beach. Is it in Laguna? Newport, actually. It's pretty off the beaten trail. Not another soul around here, it looks like. Justin only found out about this place because of a tip he got from some guy he met on the bus. I don't know. Oh, speaking of, there's Justin and Issa now. Paxton, Glenn, what's up, guys? Hey, Justin. Hey, Issa. 
sorry we're late, took forever to get this guy off his button into the car. Paxton, you've had me chained to a radiator for almost a year. My bones are extremely brittle. I can barely walk. Ugh, always such a wire, this guy. Yeah, Paxton, why'd you even bring Glenn? You know he's a chronic vibe killer. Also, he tried to kill you during last year's Christmas special. I know, I know, I'm sorry, guys. Hey, Glenn, I'm gonna need you to retune your mood, dude, okay? We're all trying to have a nice day at the beach, so stop being such a downer. Anyway, what do you guys want to do first now that we're all here? Oof, that's a tough one. Uh, I brought a long list of beach-related activities with me. I'm not sure where to even start. Well, how about we just do everything on the list and play some royalty-free surf rock to suggest the passing of time while having some fun in the sun? Sounds good to me. What do you think, Glenn? Can I just have something to eat out of that picnic basket you brought with us? We're about to go swimming, man. Hold off. You'll thank us later. Yeah, come on, guys. Let's go. <laughs> oh man, that was great, huh guys? Yeah, I haven't had that much fun since my birthday last March. Oh, you were born in March too? Yep, March 21st. Oh, Justin, no way. My birthday is March 21st. That's crazy. Guys, you're not gonna believe this, but my birthday is also March 21st. What? Are you messing with us? Okay. This is beyond coincidence. You mean... March 21st. Okay, at least one person here has to be lying. Alright, how about this? On the count of three, we all say the exact date, including year, of our birth. Ready? One, two, three. March, March 21st, 21st 1958. 1958. Okay, what? This is even crazier than that time Nally Portman beat me in an arm wrestling match. Despite, Despite only being 11, 11 years old, old at the, the time. time. Oh, come on, guys. You two? Yeah, yeah on the, the set, set of Leon, Leon the, the professional. professional. This is insane. You guys were also in Leon? Yeah, don't you remember? I was literally the main antagonist. I had that line, Get me everyone. Everyone! You guys, I'm really scared. You what? Okay, since when a YouTube Brit... Ah. Uh... Bullocks! Wait a minute. British? Leon the Professional? March 21st, 1958? You guys, I think we're all transforming into one-time Oscar-winning and twice-nominated thespian Gary Oldman. How is that even possible, though? Oh my god, Justin, you have facial hair and thick-framed glasses now! I've always had facial hair and thick-framed glasses, and so have you. Oh, right. Did Glenn and Issa... I don't think so. Well, they do now! Gulp. But how did this even happen? You know, come to think of it, none of us were like this until we came to this beach. You don't think? Yes, Paxton. This beach is making us... old... men. Come on, guys. We've got Gavin. Not so fast. Who said that? Hello. 
Wait a second. You're that guy I met on the bus. You're the one who told me about this beach. Just who are you, anyway? I'm Night Shyamalan. Pleasure to meet you. That's funny. You, you don't sound like a knight. Well, the website for generating deepfake voices didn't have a Shyamalan option. Hence why I sound like H. John Benjamin. Also, both our first names are letters and we've got the same number of syllables plus. I mean, come on, it's a funny voice. Trust me, though. I'm M. Night through and through, baby. Why did you do the- Wait, 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 real quick. Before we advance the plot, can you just do one thing for me? I'm a big Hound Movies fan. Could you- Could you just say- Brendan. Brendan, come here a sec. Real quickly. Oh, fine. Hey, Brendan. Brendan, come here a sec. Ah, nice. Oh, I'm sorry, Glenn. What did you want to ask M. Night? M. Night? Why are you doing this? Because I wanted to cast Gary Oldman in my next movie, but he shot down my offer. Won't even return my calls anymore. It's a great idea, too. It's about this small town in rural Arizona where one day everyone wakes up able to speak Flint Creek. No one knows how, no one knows why, but I play the town mayor who just might be behind the whole thing and just might have some very sinister intentions. Sounds dumb. Shut up. Now I have four Gary Oldmans to choose from. Who wants to be in the movie? Seriously. No takers. Sod off, mate. You've turned us into celebrated character actors without our consent. Nobody, huh? Well, that's a shame. Wait. I'll do it. Really? What good has being Glenn ever done me, huh? I'm a formless, fictional character voiced by some college grad who lives with his parents. I only ever make an appearance like two times a year when there's a holiday special. Maybe now... Maybe now I can really be somebody. Glenn? That name no longer has any meaning for me, Paxton. From now on, I shall be known as... Glen Gary Glen Oldman. Sounds dumb. Shut up. Come on, M. Knight. Let's do lunch at the Ivy and talk your next project. Fig and prosciutto pizza is on me. I like the sound of that. Come on, Glenn. Let's get out of here. There goes the next great actor of our time. And the only man I'll ever love. Same. Come on, gents, let's go home. But what do we do now that we're all Gary Oldman? I'm sure it'll wear off by the time we get back. What became of our heroes, you may ask? Their fates may forever be unknown. If you've managed to make it to the end of this story, I must say I'm impressed. Most listeners would simply be too petrified to see its conclusion. This has been the ghost of Vincent Price. Until we meet again, listeners, take care and have a frightacular Halloween.
You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, this is Socially Distanced. I'm Paxton Wright. Uh, with me in person, I'm looking at their physical forms right now in the flesh, are Justin Kiever and Issa Rashid. Justin Kiever and Issa Rashid, how are you guys doing? I'm in the flesh. <laughs> and you're no longer Gary Oldman. <laughs> I'm also not Gary Oldman. This is so exciting. I'm in person. I'm in the flesh. I've been trapped in a webcam for over a year. <laughs> You've been released from your your uh, hellish prison like the uh, bad guys at the end of Superman 2. Issa, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. My... my uh... I'm I'm doing all right to where my most recent pop culture reference isn't Superman two. I think that's <laughs> I'm feeling really good not being Gary Oldman. I'm feeling really good sharing space with you guys. Just being in the same room is okay. This is nice, yeah, isn't it? It's yeah. I was going insane not being in the same room as people for school and work and uh, everything. I think uh, maybe humans aren't supposed to just be in boxes and then talk to screens for. For 40 hours a day. No. <laughs> yeah, no. That's that can't be right. Yeah. Well, see, actually, yeah. when COVID started, when lockdown started, I went into it saying, you know what? I'm going to come out on the other side of this a better, more developed, grown, happier, and healthier person. And I did. And I oh. think everyone else did, too. Yeah. No, this has been a really chill time for all of us. A year and like six months of just pure smooth sailing for everyone. <laughs> there has not been a single person that's had a bad time. Hey, hey, I lost I lost twenty pounds, and that's not because I lived a healthier lifestyle. Uh-huh. It's because of extremely uh, depression induced <laughs> starvation. And so you know, I feel great. I yeah. look great. And we all look great, and that's what matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I guess like, uh, a, a genuine moment before we get into what we're really talking about. Uh, but I think we'll have some genuine moments too. But um, when we're talking about that as well. But yeah, no, like it's kind of been hitting me in waves, you know. Like mm. like when you first kind of like arrived, Paxton, it was like, yeah, it's Paxton. And then kind of like we've been having like occasional moments as we sit here and talk where I just go, oh yeah, we're all in the same room and that is wild (laughs) and really cool. It's terrifying that we, the last time the three of us were all in the same room was when we, all three of us attended UCI and now only one of us does. And that's scary. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, does and it? And even then, I we had an entire quarter where we were both going to school and we didn't, and we see, didn't each see each other in person. Yeah. And this is just reality. And uh, it's okay. Anyway, uh, we're back from the beach that makes you old men. Yeah. Um, and we figured what better way to unwind yeah. uh, from that <laughs> from that freaky little afternoon that we all just really experienced for real. Yep, then um, you watch all of Gary Oldman's movies. <laughs> this is a Gary Oldman day. <laughs> We're talking The Dark Knight. We're talking The Dark Knight Rises. We're talking Harry Potter 5. Harry I'm talking Potter Harry Potter 4. Was he in Harry Potter 6 and he died? Oh, shoot. The f- <laughs> We're talking the fifth element, but only the scenes with Gary Oldman. We're, We're literally literally cut out. the professional. We're talking Harry Potter 3. We're, We're talking t- Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy! <laughs> Oh, 
that's the, I think that's the first time I've said that movie title since 2011 or whenever it came oh, out. Yeah. Um, that, that feels like a 2011 movie. It really yeah. does. I the, here, I was in like I, freshman year, I think, when I saw that movie huh. of high school. Mm. Um, around then, it was late middle school, early high school, and I remember thinking, "God, this is the most excruciatingly boring movie I've ever sat through." And as time has gone on, there's a lot of movies that I once said, "This is the most excruciatingly mm. boring movie I ever sat through," and I've re I've either since revisited and been like, "I was wrong," or I've been like, "I'll bet you I'm wrong." That's one of the few where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was still right on the money about Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Uh-huh. I think... Do you, do you feel as though you've gotten older <laughs> watching Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy? Is that, like, you know, you start it and you're one age, but then you end it, and you're, it feels like so much time's passed. You know, you know, I think you're right. I do think time passes when Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, like, you know, progresses. Yeah, that's... That's, that's what, what you're getting at, right? Yeah. That's right, folks. We're talking about the passage of time. <laughs> We're talking Bergson. We're talking Whisperl. We're talking... I guess we should also probably mention, I think this is maybe the least professional we've ever been on the radio, which is saying something. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're... We're feeling good. We're feeling frisky. And we watched old... Okay. No, no, Issa, how are we feeling? (laughs) Oof, we're feeling like the, uh, the title of an M. Night Shyamalan movie... Unbreakable. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty the happening right now. It's, uh, uh, oh, feeling pretty, yeah. Uh, and and Justin, more ju- signs in my life. <laughs> Justin, you're looking as radiant as a lady in the water. <laughs> the Last yeah. Airbender, and also we all watched old. <laughs> yeah, we watched old. Uh, and. Paxton and I have seen old before, so this was our our, our second time where we were older and wiser. Um, <laughs> I don't even have a joke for that. It's just not true. Only the first half of that is true. <laughs> yeah. We were able to appreciate it more, just like every time you see a sunset, you appreciate it more. Um, <laughs> Justin... <laughs> How was your first time ever seeing old? Yo, the beach makes you old. (laughs) (laughs) There's a beach and it makes you old. It's... Yeah. You know... Which you pointed out something interesting is every beach. Really. (laughs) This one just does it a bit quicker. Yeah, this one (laughs) makes you old, but faster than the rest of the beaches. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's all right. It's you know, right. like, that that was, like, the, the, the shock of watching M. Night Shyamalan's old is that it's actually pretty good. I, I feel like there is some disagreement among the, th- among the three of us about what actually makes it good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there's a significant... The, we all landed on the same page that this is actually a, a pretty solid movie. Yeah. I, uh, the roots in yeah. which we take to come to that conclusion yeah. are very different. Yeah, and your guys's were wrong and mine were right. It was the really <laughs> It's actually what part. I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are bad at watching movies and I was really good. I won. I actually was in first place the hey, entire time. Thanks for teaching us film all those years, yeah. Justin, when you were our TA. Hey, you know what? I, I try and uh, apparently the, uh, the student has become the master. I can see the truth that old... It was a competition, and I won. You know, you know what's <laughs> awful that I'm just now realizing. Yeah. You have screened for us 
and and expo- helped expose Issa and I when we were lowly undergrads and you were a TA to the likes of uh, uh, Agnes Varda, some some brilliant directors, and we just exposed you to M Night Shyamalan's old. So do you? And Issa, <laughs> can't forget that one. I didn't. Shit, let's just keep going. Okay. Um, but uh, 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 Justin, do you feel that the favor has been sufficiently returned? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, actually, uh, I don't know. Like I, like genuinely. I, I thought old was all right. Again, like there's a kind of so the unspoken conflict here for you know you the listener to know the factions that have kind of uh, <laughs> arisen in uh, our opinions of old is that I think uh, Paxton and I are in agreement that old is a kind of like a camp, not a camp masterpiece, but like there is a there is a, a certain intentional campiness to it and a sense of humor that makes the film work like it's uh kind of a mess but like willfully so and it is actually pretty is is winking at you most of the time uh isa what's your opinion on this film <laughs> well i think you can't i mean I, I i feel as though the presentation definitely isn't like the same presentation as other films but i think it lives in this more elevated space where even the like the more exaggerated elements are just supposed to be sort of taken in their own way like i i don't necessarily think it's as ironic isa you're you're sugarcoating this when we were watching this you repeated on multiple occasions that and and with full sincerity and (laughs) called us wrong for not agreeing with you that this was the greatest film ever made no yeah that also (laughs) 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 yeah you know how like when you see a kid lighting things on fire and you say, don't do that, he says, why? And then you have to, like, break it down like he's an idiot? That's kind of where I am. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you see the kid lighting things on fire and you're like, whew, yeah. that's the greatest kid ever made. <laughs> go, 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 go! Uh, I think all cinema, like, you know how, like, <laughs> all cinema is, like, pre-Jaws and post-Jaws? I would be really no. happy if all cinema would be pre-old and post-old. If we just, like, took this and ran, it's like, a hundred miles an hour, I think we'd get some really good cinema out of it. It definitely was cinema, and whatever you say, without anything else... <laughs> you know what? Uh, I agree. It was cinema. It was indeed the medium of film, whatever that means in the post-Battle yeah. era. Oh yeah. my god! You can't deny that it wasn't just like pure cinema. <laughs> it was what a movie I mean? that had a three-egg structure. Yeah, and. Uh, you there know, was there there was Coolish shot of it because when you say pure cinema, the uh, thing that comes to mind is yeah. that one like clip of Alfred Hitchcock that like every film teacher plays to like demonstrate the Coolish shot effect, where he talks about like it's like a clip that basically begins with him saying this is pure cinematics, and it's like and it's basically just him explaining editing, uh-huh. and like <laughs> so like the thing that comes to mind is there's a bit where someone falls to their death in old, mm-hmm. and then it cut hard cuts to waves crashing, and yeah. it's like them dying, uh-huh. and that is, you know, what Hitchcock would call 
pure cinematics. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, so yes, it does in fact have editing. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you like... You put that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does, bracket ellipses, have editing, Justin Keefer. <laughs> Just, you know, yeah, put, put some laurels around that. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't agree that it should be, like... You know, it should like mark a rupture in the history of film, but like it, it, it is like for a film whose setup is the beach makes you old. It's surprisingly compelling. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and surprisingly well executed, and better um, than any movie you've seen. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Paxson, we're on the same page here. Look, look, oh, buddy, man. it's no lady in the water. Right. That being said, <laughs> it ain't bad. Even the thing is, I used to hate Shyamalan because I think I read his work the way people used to, where it's like, oh, that's like a delivery that's like off kilter like that's an alienating shot like this is bad but i think and i think we all came to this conclusion in different ways and this conclusion is different for each of us but we think he knows what he's doing and i think like even mm-hmm. works that people dismiss like lady in the water and i personally think the last airbender kind of have like a value that i think is beneath the surface. I think there's a joke that he is more in on than a lot of audiences give him credit for. I think, well, actually, I think what you're saying, I think part of the problem is, uh, or not part of the problem, just part of the, part of people's reaction. I I don't think that has changed. You said that's how people used to respond to his film. This is what I heard about Old going in. I heard that Old was a pile of trash Uh and that it was, it was jarring. It was unintentionally funny. It was, uh, it's uh, all the points you just made. Uh And when I went in to see it for the first time in theaters, my first movie seeing uh, uh, in a COVID world, I was gonna say a post-COVID, but who knows what that even means. But in this in this world that we just sort of dubbed post-COVID and have moved on with our lives, um, it was the first movie I saw in theaters, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised then. And I, I I couldn't tell if it was because I just set such a low bar because I missed going to the movie theaters, or if I was just in, in I was just easier to entertain that night. I didn't know. And then upon revisiting it tonight, I've doubled down. I think Shyamalan actually... And and it's also caused me to revisit a lot of his other works that I had initially dismissed and revisit those moments from movies like The Happening in particular that I had written off as, like, pure trash. The Happening is something else, man. But I think there are scenes that everyone goofs on. Like Mark Wahlberg, when he's, I'm talking to a plastic plant, and I'm still talking to the plant. Like, it's it's funny, yeah, but like, and also, like, when you think about that scene, you think about how it's delivered, how it's framed. That feels like a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. That feels like no, no sane, functional person doesn't see comedy in that. And especially because it's it's Mark Wahlberg. And I thought, I, the, the, the part that of the happening... And we're not going to get all into the happening. But the part of the happening that I don't know if Shyamalan thought this was funny or not, and if he did, bravo to him because it's genius, is that he cast Mark Wahlberg to play a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest casting ever put to film. And I hope that was intentional. But either way, I think the, the point being, I think Old delivers itself with such a weird, farcical whimsy and a a 
incompetency, an incompetence that carries itself with such a like specific attitude that it seems like it couldn't be anything other than intentional. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Y- yeah. No. I, I mean that's the thing. It's like I think. This is a film that, you know, was, like, billed as a horror film. And I think, and I think like, sort of... Uh, I, I don't know how right I am about this, but, like, this almost feels like a film that, like... At least as an audience member, I have to think about in, re- in like, in reference to its trailer. Like, the like saying over and over, the beach makes you old is kind of like, yes, like, the, the concept is absurd. And also, like, you know, this film was marketed primarily on its concept. Which you know made the like the the trailers for it like honestly just like really laughable. And the thing is though, like I, it really does seem like the film is in on the joke though. Is the thing like that? Like hey, this is really goofy, mm-hmm. and it like and it constructs. It seems to construct jokes and like really like the the horror like for most of the film. And I think like with a few actually like relatively effect, uh, effective uh, exceptions where, like, you do see some things that are, like, kind of shocking. It's, it's still campy. Yeah. But still, like, I, I think, like, like some decent little, like, you know, shocking moments in there. But, what, like, what they do is they, they provide this kind of, like, a nice sort of tonal ebb and flow where, like, like, what is shocking is still campy but works and the humor that is there, like, really functions because there is this kind of, like, aura of terror about the whole thing that ends up getting like completely deconstructed by I think some like pretty excellent jokes about hey the beach makes you old yeah you know like like the entire bit like the opening bit where more like where the, the children have aged like five years and it's just this extended bit where we see the backs of their heads and it's just these children going like I'm six when they're like you know clearly older than that and it's like this like moment of kind of like it feels like this moment of uh you know dramatic irony where like we, you know, like, like we are in on a joke with Shyamalan and that we know what the film is about. It's called old, <laughs> you know, like, like, like we are in on the joke with him and like, we're watching this sort of this absurd situation where these people can't accept the, like the very evident fact in front of them that the beach makes you old <laughs> and, and it works. I don't know. Like, like it, it has this really kind of like wry sense of humor about the whole thing that I think, um, yeah, with like moments of like some like genuine shock. And I think those moments of genuine shock too are also what helps it because I think it's um, it's not all we've been really like sort of putting a like a, shining a spotlight on like the comedy of the film, be it intentional or not. But like, yeah, it's also not to say that the film doesn't actually have a lot of good um, like horror and uh, yeah, like like the horror works because yeah, like there is this, and this is something that we were uh, talking about off mic before we, you know, like right before we started recording, is that it does. The, the, like the horror of lost time mm-hmm. is uh, this like really kind of uh, central idea that you know um, where Paxton you kind of read it as a film about climate change and Issa was talking about this as a sort of uh, post-COVID film and I think that like I don't know that the film necessarily engages with uh, re- really with like either kind of like COVID or climate change directly as such but I do think it kind of yeah like there is this phenomenal horror of the idea of losing time yeah. and the idea of losing one's childhood and yeah yeah like th- that idea of being just robbed of life you know in some way 
And I think that, yeah, like that resonates both with uh, climate change and COVID. And I think that kind of that key idea sort of uh, it, it, it grounds kind of like the, the big shocking like horror movie moments, or at least a few of them. There's like one that I think... There's one that was ruined for me because you compared it to a future <laughs> <laughs> that like just I, I was just losing my mind laughing through. But like there's um some of the stuff surrounding kind of like one of the like minor antagonists in the film who is this uh this kind of like this racist doctor that like basically who's like who seems to have some kind of like Alzheimer's that like gradually gets worse throughout the uh, the film. Uh, you know, accelerated of course by the beach, which like leads him to kind of like engage in uh acts of uh, racist violence like his sort of um yeah like like his like rapid degeneration is both uh like tragic and shocking and uh and like the and the sort of the ridiculousness of it i think is kind of uh uh yeah like un- undercut a bit and i think like you know like is given kind of like a good ground in that like fundamental like fear of just like you know being robbed of time no yeah and, and speaking about the 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 element of time there, it just feels so viscerally relatable. I, I almost think about, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, where I think that the horror of that was the the killer gets you in your dreams, so... And we, we've, all, we've all, like, felt the act of trying to stay awake. And so that's a very, like, relatable horror, even though it's so abstract. And I think especially post... I mean, it, it's not post-COVID, it's... It's <laughs> during this pandemic... I think we've all had skewed relationships with time and our, like, our aging parents and our aging selves, and there's a character who's, like, vain, and she has a relationship with her, like, beauty going when she gets older, um, and it was such a different experience also seeing it within that theater experience with other people who had also had messed up relationships with time for the past year it just i i won't ever forget that experience and i think experiencing it now with you guys was also viscerally like different because we were sharing space and that's a that's a very rare thing i yeah and i think like also to the point that you were making um i i think it's interesting because my reading of it being a film about climate change is actually very, very tied in. We actually kind of talked about this when we were watching it earlier, but it's, oddly enough, kind of uh, ties in with sort of my point about the Marbles episode of Squid Game, mm-hmm. which is uh, we were noting the fact that the performances by the actors who play the aging kids, because the, the, the children in the movie are the ones who age most noticeably. They're the ones whose actors literally change throughout the movie. They each have three sets of actors, or four sets of actors. There's child, uh, there's like little, little kid, early preteen, uh, teenager to slash young adult to like middle age. Those are the four actors that we see portray these kids throughout. And these actors, I think, really, really nail their jobs in seeming like children and adults bodies they still seem very um 
they even like in their physicality the way they carry themselves is a lot more kind of flowy and like it, it doesn't feel as heavy as like how how an adult would typically carry themselves uh their perspectives on the world which also come in the writing uh is a lot more sort of childlike and naive and the way they deliver that is grounded and real it doesn't feel like doing an impression of children a la like you're a good man charlie brown or something like it feels like organic and then the adults all feel like farcical cartoon characters. The adults all feel absurd. Uh, even like and like good actors. Gael Garcia Bernal is the the the. There's, uh, like some of like the opening expository dialogue. Like the he has a line that's something to the effect of "You're always looking to the past. You work in a museum." <laughs> and let me tell you, folks, he doesn't sell it. <laughs> no, not great. And the thing is, I whether or not, like, I, I, I highly doubt that was an intentional creative choice to have, like, most of your cast be not good. I don't think that's really what Shyamalan was going for. But the adults are really hammy and having fun with it, while the, while the kids, as they age, feel a lot more grounded and real. And the, the, when we were watching this, the point I was making, which I think, again, sort of speaks to my point about climate, is that you're seeing these kids who are basically, they're coming into this world where they are all rapidly hurtling towards uh, extermination and rapidly hurtling towards, uh, uh, I mean, death, for lack of a better word. Yep. And to, just to be blunt about it. And the, uh, the kids carry themselves with this uh, this this panic, this urgency, this very grounded urgency that feels real. Whereas the adults, they're all kind of silly, and it's this sort of, I think it, it acts as a sort of mirror to like, look, the people who are going to miss the worst of climate change, they're just like, whoops, we goofed! And then the people who are actually going to get wrecked with it are the people who are now having this sort of existential dread that they have to sit with. And so again, I don't think it was necessarily intentional that that is how those performances played out. But I think the fact that they do play out that way, I think works well with that thesis. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Too good of a point, I think. You should have... <laughs> Look, Issa, if you yeah. want me to make the best point, okay. this is the best movie ever made. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the correct one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now um, there are two winners of old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Gosh. I think people dismiss M Night Shyamalan a lot, but I think he has such an understanding of like I I don't even want to say the meta text of his films. I just think he he gets the like he gets that he's he's making silly movies, but he still takes it seriously it's he i i think he's such a deeply unique voice within cinema and like even works like unbreakable felt more like i mean it's a superhero movie but it felt more like it was sort of playing around with the mechanics of superhero movies and like before yeah. superhero movies before yeah. half of all superhero <laughs> movies were about playing around with the mechanics of superhero right. movies yeah and so in, in this i feel like he's playing around with the mechanics of and i don't even think it's like a specific genre but just the story itself of like i definitely don't feel like this film exists for itself i think there is there is this sort of larger thing it connects with and whether that be climate change or whether that be covid i definitely feel like that's present like i i would i really wouldn't i it would be really hard to convince me otherwise 
Well, I'm not going to try. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm not going to try and convince uh-huh. her otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I, I do I do think we should acknowledge that the end is bad. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the last the last 20 minutes of that movie yeah. are a schlep. It's yeah. it's uh, well because Issa, yeah. you were saying it's based yeah. on a it's based on an original text yeah. where the text ends at a hard point in the movie, which yeah. would have been a beautiful ending for the movie. Uh-huh. And yet the movie chooses to keep going. And it feels very much like it could have ended there. Like yes. They made mm-hmm. the black. It literally it feels like an yeah. ending. It yeah. feels like an ending. And then it cuts back to more stuff happening. <laughs> it's yeah. truly the return of the king yeah. of films about a beach that makes you old. <laughs> the strangest thing, though, is that's where, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan's known for his twists. But that's where the twist is. So it feels as though his sort of, I don't know, auteur identity was sort of like thrown in. There it was like sh- it second. feels shoehorned. Yeah, it feels yeah. like oh, this is an M Night. It Shyamalan feels like someone told you like yeah. you're you're M Night Shyamalan. Put yeah. the twist in. Where's yeah. the twist? To like, the point where like there was like bad CGI there for the only time in the movie. I think there was like green screening and. And where, compositing there. Where at? Where? Well, there's like a scene where people are swimming, and the green screen. There oh yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's great. Not yeah. But the thing is, the rest of the film, I think there was compositing shots in there with like good green screen. So I'm genuinely curious as to whether it was just a thing of he can't escape his own like auteur identity of the guy that does twists. There's some there's some little tie in here about getting old ah. and having to having to stick to your form. Isa knocked over Issa, <laughs> the the cat knocked o- knocked over a box of chips. Yeah. Um grab my hand too. <laughs> Sneaky lo- little bugger. He's just <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. Anyway, <laughs> we're we're out of time here. Okay. Um, this has been whatever this was. Uh, ultimately, what do you think, guys? Should people see old? Yeah, I think I would. I would say it is so refreshing to have a film that's this bold. At least, even if you don't like it, it makes choices. Which is more than I can say of a lot of films. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you can do worse with your time. I think you can also maybe do better, but like it, I I, I was shocked by how good a time I had in this movie. <laughs> there we go. It's also just uh, one thing I forgot to say. I just think this is worth saying. It's really well paced. Yeah, it moves along at a very Ooh. good, brisk, leisurely pace. That movie is just shy of two hours, and really, again, Ooh. up until those last twenty minutes, it doesn't feel like two hours. Yeah, it just glides by. Yeah, this, this really is a nice yeah. little movie. Also, nice ensemble. They feel like like caricatures, but like also have just enough flesh to them to yeah. where I cared when they died. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. deaths actually carry emotional weight. Even yeah. the characters that like you're not really supposed to like. Yeah. Like even the de- like well, hey, spoiler I guess. <laughs> when the when the crazy racist doctor dies, um like you still feel kind of bad for the guy because you're like, he didn't have, he's just a guy and then he ended up on this beach and he got old and crazy yeah. and his racism came out. Yeah. It's like, I, he didn't deserve to die for that. He's not a good uh-huh. dude, but come on. Like, it's, you feel, like, every character you do feel for when they die because yeah. it, they're a victim of their circumstance. So the most yeah. child deaths in a movie I've seen. A lot of child deaths. None of them as, actually, one of them as a child. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh. Oh, yikes. Yeah. yeah. 
very heavy child death. Yeah, actually, actually one yeah. big old child death. <laughs> but also just a lot of children in adults' bodies dying, and yeah. that's pretty bold. That's It's PG-13, which is very shocking. Given it, it, that. it is, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's PG-13-ness, I think. I, this could have... <sighs> There's a there's a timeline in which old is like you know like just like a serious like exploitation movie just like real real trashy and bloody and like I almost to a certain extent I regret that we don't live in that world but also there's there there's also a way in which I'm kind of glad that we don't like there's something like a little like relieve it like I feel like it never dips into being like too gross or too mean I feel no. like I mean I feel like there's like one Again, maybe this is just because the the Futurama scene like was just completely deflated for me. But all I will yeah. all I will say for people who have watched Futurama and then have not seen old yet but plan to see old, um, Bonitis, <laughs> Bonitis comes into effect. Uh, anyhow, yeah, we really do have to end. <laughs> I broke Justin again. <laughs> I can't believe that was in the movie. My only regret is that I have bonitis. Um, this has been this has been our our discussion on old Issa Rashid. Thank you so much for joining us again tonight. It was great to have you here, not just back on the show, but back in person. For the first time in a year and a half that I'm yeah. seeing you like this. I haven't been in person for a year. <laughs> You've existed on another in another plane of being entirely. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Issa Rashid, back from the void. <laughs> as soon as this episode ends, they're pushing me back in, though. Just get sucked into yeah. a wormhole right away. I'm, I'm only allowed out for radio shows and podcasts. <laughs> What, what, what lame god or deity is controlling your life right now? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm really a modern day Sisyphus. It just, I'm not allowed to exist. But when I do, I have to be on a podcast. This sucks, dude. All right, we're not Gary Oldman anymore. Happy Halloween. Good night.